your story is an awesome one, and and I want to give you a chance to dive into it. My brothers and I found some mattresses, some new beds for the vendor, and sold two of them out of the back of a truck in a gas station. We were like, oh, that was easy. Let's try doing that again. So we put our $500 to test, and we kept putting it back into the company and kept growing. And here we are 13 years later. A lot of challenges there, but we're just grinding. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. One of the things I love most about getting to talk to people in this industry and specifically the independent retailers out there is just the entrepreneurial spirit of you know those individuals. Um, there are a, a lot of upstarts and people that you know really that they put their heart and soul into these businesses, these retail businesses, and um, it it is them. You know they they it becomes who they are, kind of a part of their identity, part of their communities, of course, and uh, it sounds very cheesy and cliche, but it's just cool to get to know those people behind the businesses. And that's what I recently had the opportunity to do uh, with Alonzo Antonucci, the owner of the Bozeman, Montana-based Bobcat Home Furnishings Company. Uh, and Antonucci, uh, Alonzo, um, he started that business in 2008 and has seen it grow uh, despite facing some serious challenges. I mean, starting right in the middle of, you know, the first recession back in 08, 09, and um, more recently moving into a space that's nearly 10 times the size of his original store, uh, you know, it, as he was going through and, and the country was going through a pandemic. Um, so cool to, you know, see how he took what was just an idea. And when, when we talk about entrepreneurs and you know cliches and things you think about the idea on the back of a napkin and come to learn that's exactly how Alonzo basically came up with the idea for Bobcat and the name for his company and um, you know worked it into something he had a little bit of an art background and worked it right into you know the business that he's got today so I mean true uh, business uh, upstart kind of guy that pours everything he is into his business and um, it shows I mean he's turned it into something that's incredibly successful in the community and um, just uh, an incredible story of, you know, strength in what he does and leaning on resources available to him to make the most of his business. Uh, So just uh, real excited to have had Alonzo on and talk to him, learn more about him and, you know, see what he and the Bobcat family are doing out there in Bozeman. So let's just go ahead and uh, dive into this podcast with Alonzo Antonucci of Bobcat Home Furnishings Company. All right, we're back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and uh, real excited. You know, I said a couple weeks ago I had a member on uh, from Montana, and he was the first member that I ever, uh, you know, first person I ever spoke to from Montana. Now, a couple weeks later, I'm back to the the big state out there, and, uh, you know, excited to have on Alonzo Antonucci, owner of Bobcat Home Furnishings Company. So, Alonzo, you're not the first Montanan I've ever, is that right? Is it Montanan? Yeah, I guess you could call it that. Yeah. <laughs> so not the first Montanan. There, uh, there's per- true local Montanans, and then there's the uh, people that move here, and within a month they call themselves Montanans, and we don't really give them that right to call themselves that yet. <laughs> gotcha. Well, uh, excited to have you on. Uh, coming from uh, we we were in Cutbank last time around. Now we're down in Bozeman. So Cutbank. Wow, that's cold. 
Yeah. Uh, so cr- crazy to find out, you know, I, I think uh, anyone thinks of Montana, a massive state, but I, I did the, the math on the distance between Cutbank and Bozeman. And it's actually the same distance as if I were to drive from Phil, I'm in Philly. If I drove out to Pittsburgh, which really? is nuts to me. So if you just turn the state side, if you turn Pennsylvania sideways, it's as tall as Montana. Yep. So yeah, it's a big state for sure. Yeah. But no, I appreciate you joining. Uh, you know, we, we've uh, got a lot to, to dive into today. I mean, your story is an awesome one. And, and I want to give you a chance to dive into it because I did some digging on your website. You guys have an awesome about us page that really dives into each of your team members. But I want to start, you know, give us the elevator pitch on on Bobcat and kind of who you guys are. Yeah. Um, as the owner of Bobcat Home Furnishing Company, I started my company 13 years ago. My brothers and I had uh, found some mattresses, some new beds for the vendor and sold two of them out of the back of a truck in a gas station. Wow. And um, we were like, oh, that was easy. Let's try doing that again. So we put our $500 to test and we kept putting it back into the company and kept growing. And here we are 13 years later, we decided to move into what is currently a 32,000 square foot store um, coming from 4,000 square feet for the last eight years. Um, And that all happened during COVID. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They shut down our state and our country and called us non-essential business as we are trying to establish ourselves in our new location. So we survived somehow, um, not knowing if we would ever open, honestly, because we didn't know, the world didn't know what was going to happen. And so I wasn't sure if I was going to have to go out of business, relocate to Oklahoma, wow. something something crazy that I could afford with no money, right? I mean, no one had any money Yeah. Uh, when you're out of business. Um, being a sole proprietor, we weren't given money, but my employees were given money um, and letting them go. So a lot of challenges there, but here we are and we're just grinding. I want to get into to some of that, but before we do that, I, I know you mentioned the, the selling out of a bag. What is it that got you, what bit the retail bug for you? Oh man, I didn't know what direction I was going to go. Honestly, I was a college student and I was literally selling mattresses on via text message on my phone, uh, heavily distracted. And I would honestly skip school to go make some money. So it took a while before I wanted to make that leap of faith, probably about four years before I wanted a storefront because I didn't want to take out any loans. And so I was just reinvesting back in myself and my company. Sure. And one of the cool things I found on your website, you know, it almost feels like the name Bobcat came before the actual business. itself. did you, is that how true of a story is that you drew the, uh, the logo? Yeah, is that on our? Website? It is. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You drew it while you were I, sitting in a class. <laughs> I, I have an art background, and yeah. I was literally sitting in a psychology class, and I had a napkin from a muffin I was eating, and so I drew up a logo. Um, about a year later, I was able to use that logo because I didn't know how to convert that into a vector file or anything sure. else like that. My my background wasn't so much in graphic design as it was pen and ink and mixed medium. So I didn't know the computer side. And so uh, I had a good friend that ran a website company and still does and is really good with logos. So he converted it into a, a file and it is what it is today. That's pretty cool. And, and talk about, you mentioned that you started, you know, just out of the back of a truck and uh, what was it, you know, when did you decide that you were ready to make that, that leap into a storefront? 
Uh, like I said, four years, there was a opening a little bit closer to the main road, um, literally about 150 yards from where I was at in a, a warehouse that I was making appointments with. Um, I actually didn't even know that business model even existed. I thought I created it, <laughs> but <laughs> come to find out there's a lot of competition out in the United States that has similar business models. I just didn't know yeah. um, because it was right in the uh, economic downturn there um, in 2008, 2009, as I was trying to grow, there's furniture and mattress stores going out of business and I'm growing through it. That's crazy. But I, like I said, I didn't even know that business model existed. Um, it just got to the point, I'm like, I think I can do better if people could come in my door um, a little bit easier. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? It was just a financial leap of faith sure. to get closer to the, to the public size. Yeah. And, and you mentioned you spent about eight years in, I mean, uh, a store that was about 4,000 square feet. Is that right? Yeah. Just a little shy of it, but close enough with warehouse space. What, uh, you know, what did you, I obviously now you're almost in a store that's uh, eight, like eight, 10 times the size of that. What right. in the, in the time that you spent in that, in that smaller location, what did you learn about the business and, and kind of, you know, learn about what you got yourself into? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, it was always a roller coaster. I mean, I'm up against, you know, private equity companies. I mean, really at the end of the day, big box is what wins um, big money. Um, I never had that, still don't have that. It's been just a consistent grind on it, um, but it's fine. Um, so just getting the word of mouth. Um, I learned that I could do it. I stuck around because of my customer base. Uh, I know that sounds cheesy, but honestly, I was, what's going to happen to my customer if I can't if they have a problem with their product, mattress or furniture, and what are they going to do? You know, they're kind of stuck. So I wanted to, you know, in life, uh, all you have is really your name and your family. And I didn't want to be that fly by night or just disappear or be slandered, you know, in the public, because this is where I lived, you know, so it was sticking really around for my customer. No, I, I, and I love that because that's a lot of what we hear, I think, from nationwide members is that you guys are so ingrained in your communities. And I mean, big boxes, it's the, the like face, name, nameless faces that you see as you walk through those stores. Whereas with an independent and, and a small business owner and uh, like you guys, a self made, you know, company, self made business that you, they're your neighbors. So, like, I, I understand and hear so much that type of story. It's kind of cool to see how how much the business and, and what you do, you care about it, but it, it means more to the people that, that you're surrounded by. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So expansion. I mean, you recently, uh, you, you spent eight years there and then what, what led to, uh, you know, I know you guys started as Bobcat mattress and now your home furnishings, obviously adding a few more, uh, product lines and, and things like that and categories to the store. What, uh, what, what led to that? Um, honestly, there was a, a uh, store called Slumberland. It was a franchise store that was always a mile down the road from me. I would get their customers. I'm sure at some level they got mine, um, probably a lot less than I got of theirs when they were looking for a mattress. And that store, I don't think they went out of business, but I think there was a, a communication issue with the landlord and their business that had been established here for 20 years in this location. And when that opened up, I'd always said to myself, like, man, I love that location. It's like prime location, right? Our store, our 
town is growing this direction, right? So, I mean, it just puts it in a better location. And so they started to go out of business or move or relocate or whatever they were going to do out of town. And that opportunity came available for two years that there was a vacant building that I'm currently in right now. Wow. And uh, I hadn't, I didn't have a pot to piss in, you know, honestly, like, you know, I, so I had to get creative. Um, I tried for two years to figure out how to get in here. And I kept just beating my head against the wall. And then um, at one point we came to an agreement actually with the owner of the building to owner finance. Literally two days later, I'm in competing offers though with millionaire <laughs> investors, wow, commercial investors. And all of a sudden I lost out like two years of a vacant bill and all of a sudden I'm losing. And now I'm, I have to rent currently from them. Gotcha. Um, so it's, it's really interesting on how it all worked out and here we are and I'm stoked, but you know, obviously COVID's had its impacts. You know. Absolutely. Well, the interesting thing there is that, you know, you mentioned growing your business during a time when, you know, the last big economic craziness occurred back in 08, 09. Did you learn anything from that that you could have brought forward into, I, I know it's slightly different situations, but, uh, you know, anything you could have learned from that that applied to what you were doing over the past year? Yeah, I think it's taken baby steps. Unfortunately, like the cost difference from where I was to where I am now is just so significantly different. Whereas before I always took it like every month or every year, I would kind of get bigger. I would, I wouldn't grow until I could expand through a wall or do something. So I was a little bit more measured. Like, here's my goal. Let's try to get there. But I ended up boxing myself in for like six years. Honestly, I had maxed out what I could do, but I knew I could do a ton more. I just needed space. And that was a huge driving point for me. And, you know, as you grow your family or you grow your, your staff, they become family too. And then you get a little bit more invested in them and you want to create possibly a career for them so that they could have a family and afford to live here. And Bozeman's not a cheap place to live, you know? So I was kind of driven by taking care of my staff as much as myself, honestly, that I had to give them a future or lose them. Interesting. I know crazy way to look at because obviously you know thinking about it from this side uh the nationwide side there's all the product growth obviously but then for the individual businesses you're talking about you know i know you your business grew as well a, a lot during this expansion and moving into a new place i mean um so start on the 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 people side you know what when you go from that f almost four thousand square foot space to 30 32 obviously you need more manpower so what's it like trying to find yeah people to come in and help you grow into that space um it's really interesting i was able to carry over my existing staff that i had which was about three to five given on the month right um i would heck i was i'll still do my own deliveries sometimes you know as i actually enjoy it uh lately i've been using the forklift like i'm like man i want this job <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is a piece of cake this is fun someone else you know? right i just want to drive this thing around yeah you guys figured <laughs> it out you know um so i brought them with me and that they were part of the step we i kept them with me the whole time of conversation and talking future you know and a lot of confidence in them that they were willing to make the move with me too because they could have done something else obviously 
Um, but we had to hire about 10 to 12 more people during COVID, wow. like the March through the May. And ironically, I was able to do it without a problem. And I ended up landing amazing people um, because they were in limbo with what they were doing in their lives too. And they took a leap of faith with me as well. So, so, so now what kind of, I'm assuming you obviously you had sales associates. Did you expand into other areas of retail business as you were looking to bring in people? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So I had a good friend that was kind of, he'd been in the flooring industry for 25 years. Um, very experienced in that world and installation and repping and all sorts of cool stuff. So um, he was willing to make a change as well from where he was at with a big franchise store and wanted to have kind of his own say in something. So I brought him along with me and we started flooring. I started the flooring division, in my store. Um, when we had been talking, I'm like, well, nothing makes more sense than appliances when you have flooring. I mean, a lot of people replace the two at the same time or they go into a new construction project. And back in the day, I actually used to work for Sears doing deliveries and stuff like that. And so I would, appliances didn't really scare me when it came to it, you know. Flooring made me nervous because I tried to leave the construction background, <laughs> leave that for someone else, you know. And uh, I'm like, I have to have someone knows what the freak they're doing there. <laughs> that, that one worries me. Appliances, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, and then we had done furniture for 10 years, but I was quite limited what I could put on my floor because I didn't have much floor right. space and I had 60 to 70 mattresses. So it they kind of came and gone, but we would have hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales a year by just ordering, trusting us to work on a big giant screen really, sure. or people emailing us because they're shopping online anyways, they might as well buy it through someone that can service them. Right. Right. And so, yeah, that's what we did. So those are the new lines that we expanded into. No, that's awesome. And, and I mean, cool. To, how crazy. Cause you're talking about expel you. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You're expanding during, a pandemic like staff and your product line. So at a time where, you know, supply chains were all sorts of out of, they still are, let's, let's be honest. Yes, I mean, what, what was it like trying to get that product, you know, into your store as you're looking to add these to this massive new location? It's, been, it's like constant everyday battle. Like I'm still trying to grow into my store. Yeah. Honestly, because the product that you can get is so inconsistent. So you kind of have to, if you, if you are not creative, you will die right now in the industry, unless you've just got money sitting in the bank. I mean, that's what it comes down to because um, it's that much of a challenge. You know, you take a company like Ashley Furniture. I used to get pissed off when it would take more than 14 days to get someone's couch, right? Yep. Right now, I'm happy to possibly get it in 14 weeks. Right. You know? It's really a hard thing to tell a customer that your product ain't coming soon. What are those conversations like? Like, how do you, are customers understanding because of the time or is it still there, you know, antsy to get their hands on I think on people things? are getting a lot, a lot better. We're just, we have to relay the information we're given, right? And you feel like we're in the dark. Um, I've always treated my company as like the Jimmy Johns of the industry. Like if I've got it in stock, I'm going to get it to you today. And chances are it'll be a free delivery for you, you know? kind of unheard of right so it's been a really humbling experience to not be able to satisfy my customers quick as we used to 
So we've just had to get really good at talking to the customer and give them big windows. It could be here in a week. It could be here in 24 weeks. I, it's out of my control. And Montana is an island, so it's really hard to get product anyways. Right. Crazy to think about. I, I know, you know, we're obviously keeping an eye on things and hope to see an end to this, this crazy crunch. I know, you know, pandemic aside, there's been lumber shortages and um, on the appliance side, parts have been hard to come by. So I know uh, it's been crazy. But if you could think to a time somewhere in the future where this is not an issue, you know, what's the pipe dream for what the uh, the inside of Bobcat Home Furnishing Company looks like? You know, what what kind of business are you doing and how are, how are things humming along? Um, Man, I would... Even my mattress selection isn't what I want it to be. It kind of infuriates me there. Uh, flooring is cooking. Um, we have pretty much the product lines that we want there. Appliances, I won't get into too much of that, but I just need that to get it better established right now as much as even my com- my competitors to a level, right? And um, that's is what it is. Um, furniture, I'm trying to figure out my 80-20, you know? haven't been able to get that dialed in because there's inconsistent. I can't order uh, container loads of furniture, for instance, you know, and hope and pray that you're going to sell it. We're not in a volume market, right? Um, if you have a big franchise store, you could spread that out through your other franchise store. So it's a, it's a challenging place to be as an independent, right? Um, but I do look towards an expansion here of about 11,000 square feet, honestly in the next um, hopefully year or two. Wow. Um, I won't exactly say what's going to go in there. So don't sure. give any ideas, <laughs> um, but it's going to be pretty awesome if I can make it work. Well, that, so the cool thing I know, you know, in speaking to uh, your contact here at Nationwide and I, he recently shared your story with us and everything that, you know, what this past year has been like and growing and expanding into appliances and all these other categories and just the you know, the, the hard work that's gone into it. And I know, you know, thinking about not only did your footprint grow from a store standpoint, but I know business is, is really booming for you. Um, I, I think he said you had a goal. You're pushing nearly like five times the amount of business you had been doing in just a couple of years. Honestly, if everything would have panned out, if this COVID crap did not happen, okay, um, we would have easily hit our financial goal we wanted to hit, if not more. Wow. Without a doubt. So everything I've been running, it feels like halves 50% of this. I can only get 50% of what I'm trying to order. I'm only doing 50% of the sales. I mean, kind of the list goes on of what we could be doing. So I, I have no doubt in my mind, we could just absolutely kill it in our community. And with that too, I'm going to employ more, you know, the employee shortage in our community is outrageous. I've been quite blessed to be able to pick people up off the street, right? You know, even, but um, there's definitely those challenges there. But I, I plan on adding another five to ten people if I can get close to my goal, and obviously exceed that. I'm going to need more people. Yeah, so. you think back to those early days and and selling out of a truck. Did you ever envision Bobcat being what it is today? Not a clue, man. Like it was literally survival. I was, I ended up getting married that same year. I was taking 21 credits. I had a research project in Africa. I was, I was out of my freaking mind. Um, (laughs) And sleep has always been key to me. So like, if I didn't get any sleep, I couldn't achieve anything. So uh, I'm kind of driven that way. Um, That I think 
it sounds cheesy again, but like if people don't sleep well, there's more problems in the world. Like if people just slept well, I think we can get rid of half the problems we got. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, love I do that a lot saying. worse when I'm grouchy and I'm hungry. Right. <laughs> don't so, we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so true. But I, I mean, you think about that, not, you know, obviously it is what it is today. So what, what do you attribute that success to and, and growing as you have, despite, you know, going through these two incredibly uncertain times with the, the, uh, recession of 08, 09, and, and now with this pandemic of the past year? Um, I would give a lot of credit to my staff, a couple of certain individuals. Uh, I'll name them on air. Michael, Izzy, Jared. Jared's in Phoenix right now. Hopefully be back in a year. Uh, girlfriend pulled him away for a little bit. <laughs> uh, but he'll be back. Um, and then honestly, I've had really good reps. And heck, Reed, if you're listening right now, you know, uh, he's been he's been one of them. Some people that believed, you know, and ambition. I don't know where it comes from exactly other than you know, my, my family has always been entrepreneurs and my dad, I never felt like he was ever successful at what he did. And I wanted to make sure I became successful for my, my own family. It was more a, a drive to get food on the table and I have a hard time giving up. Not that I'm necessarily stubborn. I just, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it well. And right now I feel like I'm limited to doing it well and I can't quite get things done that I could do um, for my really at the end of the day, my customer experience. Um, so it's do as well as we can control what you can control. And that's what I'm trying to keep in mind and be patient. <laughs> right. Right. No. And, and I mean, the crazy thing to think about is that you've kind of, despite this and, and despite the, the, periods of time that you've gone through is that this has all been done in what 13 years barely uh, you know just about 13 years so uh to go from kind of what you you started at just an idea literally i mean you could say it's an idea on a napkin you know with the uh, the logo and everything but to now a 32,000 square foot uh location and, and selling what you're selling so no that i mean it's uh the stories you like to see i think in this industry um and, and kind of the the independent retail side of things and seeing what you've been able to accomplish. Yeah. Well, thank you. Now people always ask me like, do you want, are you doing this so you can franchise so you can have more stores? Are you doing it for the money? Oh, furniture. You guys make tons of money. It's like, that's bogus. <laughs> like you, you don't have a clue what a sole proprietor has to do, you know, to survive, you know? And um, no, I'm, I'm doing it. So my kids can have a, have a future. Um, I'm not doing it for a franchise to only make my life that much more complicated and harder to, to get around. I live 30 seconds away from my store for a reason. And that is so I can be with my family as much as I can, but also be quick to work, you know, and not waste time. So. Sure. Uh, one, I, I got to close on one question. Yep. I saw, you know, I, I mentioned the about us page and getting to meet all your team, your, you know, the about us infos on there. Born in Portland, Maine, so born northeast of the country, and now in North Central. I, you must. Do you like the wilderness? Are you a wilderness kind of guy? Yeah, my passion is sports and hunting and fishing. Yes. There you go. So, uh, what what brings someone from Maine, literally one corner of the country, over to to uh, Montana? You need a new podcast for that, man. <laughs> that's, that's a you think my story for my business. Wow, what do you hear that one? No, that uh, maybe we'll save it for another day. Save no, for that. another day. Simply put, <laughs> my parents uprooted us in in school and uh, drove us out here without 
ever been here before. So, wow. That's yeah. crazy. No, we'll definitely, we'll have to schedule another time, but yeah, <laughs> no. uh, Alonzo, this is, this has been awesome. And uh, you know, great to learn a little bit about, about Bobcat and kind of what you guys are doing and uh, easy to root for, man. I, what you guys are doing is awesome. And um, seeing the growth that you've had and despite uh, again, uh, you know, this past year has been crazy, but to, to face it and, and continue to grow during it is, is a testament to, I think you and, and your team and what you got going on there. Awesome. I appreciate it. Come anytime, man. Absolutely. Hey, if I can get from Philly to, to Montana, I've never been. Now that I've spoken to two Montanans, maybe I can get out there. <laughs> we're, having, we're having a barbecue every day this summer with the Traeger grills we just got. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll make a, a point. So no, this was awesome. Thank you. All right, man. I appreciate your time. All right. And a huge thank you again to Alonzo for taking time out of his day and uh, sitting down with us and talking about it at all. You know, the whole background to how he came up with Bobcat to how that business has grown. I mean, going from unreal to think about, but the literally the back of a truck selling mattresses to, uh, you know, a 32,000 square foot um, store uh, that he now you know owns and operates and uh, moving into all kinds of different categories. Just great to follow. And uh, those are the kinds of stories and, and people and businesses that we cheer for here and like to see succeed. So uh, proud to have him as a member and, and proud to get to talk to him. And uh, like I said, appreciate his time. And as always, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast. And we will catch you next time. Uh-huh.